Let's get down to business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step by step booklet for you to get. Oh, I make money moves. You can't see me, my time is now, now, now. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of The Massive Joe's Show. Episode number nine. I'm joined by a couple of special guests this episode. Well, you know, special to some. One special. Not so special to other. On my left, of course, Massive Joe's general manager, The Big Nevos. Hello, how are you going? What's happening, man? Welcome back. Thank you very much. On my right. Now, this one we weren't too... This would be... This is probably... This is a special guest right here. No, this is a special guest. Because this one we weren't sure if you were going to make it through well, the first mate, I wasn't sure whether I made it through my fucking apprenticeship to get the call up. But, but you have. You, you, uh, you've been called back mm. for another episode of the Massive Joe Show, and that is, of course, the big swole bear. Hey, hello. How's it doing? What's happening, my man? Well, man, I just want to know what you mean or imply by us being special. Is it like we're special or that we're like special? In in every sense of the word, mate. <laughs> every sense of the word. You guys are just so special. <laughs> episode nine of the Massive Joe Show. I am super pumped. For this episode, because we have an awesome topic of discussion that we've we've been, you know, it's been a while in between episodes, but we've been sitting on this one for a while. Mm. We've been thinking about this one for a while, which means you guys are going to get all kinds of insights. The title of this episode is "The Importance of Doing Things That Suck," and this is a it's a little bit of a follow up to episode eight where we discussed opportunity cost because mm. I had I you know we we always get a bunch of positive feedback about the the podcast but then occasionally there's some people that give you know not so positive but always constructive actually sometimes not always sometimes constructive not even that, but. <laughs> but often constructive feedback and one of the the themes of the constructive feedback that I had on episode 8 was you know you guys talk so much about following your passion and doing what you're passionate about and the opportunity cost of this and that and and and, and all that stuff but you never talk about doing things that suck. You never talk about doing things that make you uncomfortable. You always talk about the positive sides and and not necessarily the the flip sides. Mm. And so I came up with this idea. I said, guys, we need to do an episode on the importance of doing things that suck. Absolutely. So we're going to split this into two parts, as we always do. We're going to start with fitness, then we're going to move into business. Mm. And beginning with fitness, I thought it would be cool to start off with to a little bit of roundtable discussion with you guys. Give me an example of, of, of uh, two things, actually. With regards to fitness, something that you have done in the past that has sucked but was necessary to get you to where you are now with your fitness and why it was important, and then something that you still do today that sucks mm. but is also important and why. Mm. I think it's a good place to start, man. Let's go. Nevi, you want to go first? I'm sure you know you'll talk about landscaping or something like no, that. No, that's, that's the business side. Oh, that's the business? Fit- well, actually, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what sort of landscaping you do, bro. Right, well, you know, if you look at you know your fit- fitness at the moment, for me, you know, stuff that I used to do in the past, obviously yep. playing football, yep. you know, as is one of my my I guess sports that I chose to to follow. No one actually ever liked doing preseason training. You sure. start that shit six months before the season starts. Uh-huh. It's the middle of summer, it's 40 degrees, no one wants to be running around thinking about, you know, you just want to get into the games. Yeah. You know, that's six months of, of just shit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, th- but the thing is, it sets you up for the whole season, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. and that's the same as a lot of things that suck, you know, you have to go through those hard yards to get your fitness up to the level where it can carry you through that whole season. Sure. So the more effort that you're putting into that stuff that actually sucks and that you don't like to do mm-hmm. is going to hold you instead for, uh, the, for the, the, the long term, I guess. Absolutely. So that's, I guess, the stuff for me in the past. I guess for me at the moment, I you know, no one actually likes doing cardio, but you know we all do it. For me, I you know this year this year I said, well, I'm gonna st- I want to get better at running. You know, I used to run a, a lot, obviously playing footy, and then you know as soon as you stop doing it, well, you know you get on the gain train and you want to get heavier and heavier, and running becomes too hard. So mm. for me, you know, running has always been tough. So for me, that's something I do now because you know I guess my goal is just to get better at it. It's something that sucks for me. It, it's, I'm not good at it at the moment, so I want to get better at it. And and, and okay, so why? No, well, actually, I'll come back to that. Neve, give me your example, man. Uh, something that's always plagued me uh, through not so much my – well, actually, it was something I was good at when I was playing footy, yeah. like JB, but stretching and prehab. Because mm. I, okay. I was – Okay. 
when I was playing football, I guess I took it, uh, I don't know if it was a different mindset or not, but with football, I did have a different mindset where I used to get there a lot earlier uh-huh. and, and stretch and warm up and a lot more prehab kind of things. Uh, massage, stretching, I used to stretch after training, used to take a lot more precaution in that kind of recovery mode, ice baths. Um, and yeah, I mean, nowadays that's kind of thrown out the window. But that, the thing is playing footy for 10, 15 years, is I never had any injuries mm-hmm. or like soft tissue injuries, never mm-hmm. had any... I pretty much played every game throughout the season because I never had niggles, never had, or if I did, they were small enough to play through them. But the thing is, is, is my prehab and my recovery, which suck. Nobody wants to get there and, and do your cold and hot baths or your ice baths and your hot showers and yeah. and stay back later. And nobody yeah. wants to go and walk through the water down at the beach after a game or uh-huh. all those kind of things. And they were the things that sucked, but they were the things that made you a better player and made you be able to recover faster, train harder, play harder, etc. Yep. So that kind of thing. But then obviously now getting into um, weights is, is oh, I'm the first to admit it, but my recovery and my prehab and rehab probably sucks more than anybody in terms yep. of stretching. Um, yeah, doing all your shoulder mobility, all those kind of things. And from that though, I've had shoulder issues and I've had muscle issues and I've had times when I haven't been able to um, squat, for example, or do a lot of leg work when I know it's just because of my knees and I know it's because of tight muscle groups and still I haven't really done anything for it because I really can't be fucked because it sucks and I don't like it. So that's the thing that sucks. <laughs> but what's the important of, importance of doing that then? Not being, well, you're not going to make gains being in the gym. Okay. That's the thing. You don't make gains fucking sitting on the couch because you're injured. Yeah. Yeah, my I'm gonna I'm gonna use a, a couple of examples as well. I'm gonna go similar to you guys because I think it's a cool contrast, and we've all kind of come from a performance based yeah. performance based sport background. Mm. So I'm gonna use that as well for myself and, and continue with that theme. And I'm gonna say back when I used to when I used to ball when I used to ba- play basketball, it was the same thing. It was like the preseason training was Sucks. you know like and I think anyone that that you know has been involved in a performance based sport or or still is now playing the game you love right that's mm. what attracts you to a particular sport in the first place yeah but the training that goes into improving your fitness your strength so that you can perform better at the particular performance based sport is generally the shit that sucks yeah so i'm with you guys on that like mm. the preseason training weights for me i kind of always enjoyed but like the running the sand dune fucking yeah you know all that all the all of the, all of that yeah. stuff that really sucks um was was uh w- was probably the highlight earlier on in my fitness career mm. for lack of a better term that really sucks now like r- like right now in this point of time if i could pick one thing that that really sucks at the moment uh is the uh the bulking that I'm going through. You, you won't, right mate, now. Don't, don't tell people that you're sick of eating because you're just going to piss a lot of people well, off. Well, not necessarily sick of eating, but going through the process, you know, carrying more body fat than I'm used to carrying, mm. uh, you know, the whole the whole process of, of, of what goes into, to, to, you know, building muscle yeah. effectively um, sucks. Personal <laughs> problems right here, mate. But it does. Well, and, yeah. I, and I can touch on, you know, the, the rehab and prehab stuff of need the deep tissue massage that I get done a couple of times a week is fucking horrible. Um, that sucks as well. But I'm just going to, you know, mm. generalize and say that. And I think that, you know, the importance of doing these things. So if we come back to UJB and, and yeah. you know, we look at the, the preseason and we all we all discussed back in the past the, the preseason uh, type training for performance-based sports and it's pretty obvious why that was important, mm. right? So the importance of doing that stuff that sucked was because it allowed you to outperform the competition. Yeah, absolutely. In the particular sport that yeah. you're playing. Yeah, and right? but not only that, make, make yourself a better player as well. So, you know, yeah, it's not yeah. just that the whole team thing yeah. and making the team better, it's making yourself better as an individual. So that's yeah. why, it, obviously, it's really important why, you know, you really have to push your boundaries when you're doing yeah. that sort of stuff and get yourself out of that comfort zone. Sure. Because that's how you're going to get better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then moving into the stuff that, that, that sucks now for you, mm. You know, what's the importance of that? How would you define that? There's no, there's no real, this is just a personal goal for me. Yeah. You know, that's when we look at, you know, and you idiots ask me all the time, say, what, what the hell are you running for? You know, you're running yeah. two or three times a week. And yeah. this is purely just a personal goal yeah. um, for me to say, right, well, this is something I want to get better at. Yeah. And that's, that's really what, you know, if you look at what, you know, 
you have obviously your competitions and, and, and you know, your, your physique competitions that you're yep. doing. I don't have anything that drives me to a particular competition anymore. Yep. There's no, there's no sport. It's purely just, you know, personal drive to make myself better. Mm-hmm. So if I look at that, I go, right, well, how do I, you know, I'm making myself better in the gym every day. I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but, you know, cardiovascularly, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. So there's, like I said, there's a weakness that I see that I, okay, well, I have to make that better. Okay. So that's why I'm doing doing that running. And, you know, for me, it, it is it does suck because it's not something I'm good at. So why do you do it? Why? Because it's a personal goal for me, my friend. Okay, but what's the driving force behind that? And this is, the, the, but this is what I want to get to, right? Yeah. So I'm pushing you on this because this is what I want to get to. Because a lot of people get to a certain level of comfort yeah. with their, you let, we're talking about fitness now, yeah. with their fitness, right? And they're happy and they go into yeah. cruise control mode. But that's the thing. So I, what, you know, what's the, impo- well, like, why is it important to you to do something that you're shit at, that makes you uncomfortable, that sucks? As in, uh, you know, deep down we're all, you know, we've, we've had competitive backgrounds, all, yeah. all three of us. And it's something yeah. that, you know, you can't get rid of, Yeah, you know, and you, you strive to make yourself better every single day. And you, you know, for me, I like to know that I can be uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I like feeling uncomfortable in certain situ- in, in every situation I can. So I like to be able to push my body like that as well. So, and make sure, you know, it's all well and good to, to go for a run, for example, and run a kilometre and go, oh, that's enough. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, all right, let's run two, let's mm-hmm. run three, let's run four and keep pushing it and keep striving to make your, your body fitter, mm-hmm. um, It'll make your body fitter overall, but really for me, it's getting my body out of that comfort zone. Sure. And when we look at you, Neve, let's talk about what sucks for you at the moment mm. and why it's important that you do that sort of stuff. Mm. What, like, elaborate on that for me. In terms of the reco- recovery or something different? Up to you, man. You use recovery, so let's roll with that. Uh, I suck at it because I don't enjoy it. Yeah. It brings no satisfaction. Sure. And... It's not something I want to spend my time doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the benefit would bring was, is, as I said, it is less time out of the gym, mm-hmm. less injuries, mm-hmm. being able to train harder, mm-hmm. train better. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really the the crux of it. I think that there's there's a, a, a couple of things that I kind of want to highlight here from from a fitness perspective. And why it's important to do things that you suck at. And this kind of applies to, you know, whatever your fitness goal is, whether it's performance-based mm. sport, as we've touched on, whether it's just personal, um, you know, whether you're a competitive physique-based athlete, whatever it is, doing things that suck across the board, that are uncomfortable, that are difficult, immediately is going to set you apart from competition, mm-hmm. right? So if you're involved in competing, you know, whatever form that takes for you, the people who are willing to do the things that suck, that are willing to 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 do the things that make them uncomfortable that most people aren't willing to do, that immediately gives you a competitive advantage. Mm. Correct? Mm. Right? In, in anything. Because you look at the performance-based sports, the preseason stuff we discussed, obvious direct correlation. You work harder in preseason when no one else is willing to work as hard as you, you're going to perform better. Yeah when the season comes around, right? 100%. Immediately, yep. right? If you're preparing for a physique-based competition and you're willing to do harder cardio, more cardio, diet harder, be in caloric deficit longer, do all that shit that sucks leading into a show, mm. you're going to have the best condition on stage. Yeah. So there's a, there's, a, there's a direct competitive advantage that's achieved by doing the shit that sucks. Yeah. Mm. What I want to get at as well it's kind of where I was pushing you, Big Swole, is there also then becomes another another layer to that, right, that perhaps isn't as obvious as a, a direct correlation between a competitive advantage because you're just willing to work harder and do the mm. shit that no one else is willing to do. The other layer of that is your self-development that comes from doing shit that you don't want to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Because let's be honest, man, like right now you don't compete in no. in, in, in anything, anything fitness yeah. related, right? I'm competing so in life. There's, but there's no need for you to be to be doing no. this shit. That's, and that's why I pressed you on it. Yeah. I was like, why do you do you fucking yeah. cut? If you know it sucks and you don't like doing it, it makes you uncomfortable. There's mm. no reason for you to do it. No. There's no competitive advantage that you're going to get. And a lot of the listeners that are listening right now are going to be in exactly the same boat. Yeah. Right? But the reason you do it is because you know the flow-on effects it has to every other aspect of your life when it talks about, when you start looking at self-development, mm, right? And, and willing to do things that, 
you otherwise wouldn't be willing to do because it pushes you out of your comfort zone and opens up your fucking horizons. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is, you, you, I guess you get to find out exactly how far you can push your body. Of course. You get, you know, like we talk about getting out of that. Well, your mind as well, right? Absolutely. You know, that goes hand in hand. But, you know, really pushing, you know, your body to do something where it'd be very simple, you know, on a, say, Friday night just to sit on the couch and, you know, have a couple of beers or whatever anyone else, everyone does, or go, you know what, I'm going to go down the beach and I'm going to run for 45 minutes or whatever it might be. You know, to push yourself, to to motivate yourself to do that sort of stuff, but also, you know, the the physical effects of it is great, but it's also that mental, I guess, that mental thing to go, well, I can do that, you know, and, and I can make myself improve and I can keep doing this and can keep pushing myself further. Yep. Um, that, that's that's really, I guess, the other benefit of it for sure. So how do you justify it, Joseph? Yeah. How do you justify when to stop doing something mm-hmm. that you're bad at? Mm-hmm. Um, if there's no end gain? Fantastic question. Really good question. And I think that this is, you know, it's funny because this ties back into podcast episodes that we've done of in course, the past, man. right? Is, is you know, do you focus on spending a lot of time doing things you're good at or, you know, like how much time do you spend Focusing trying to improve shit, on things that you're not good at? Well, I mean, like it popped into my head because yeah. as an example, when yeah. I grew up, I, was, I played state-level tennis. Sure. And I played uh, state level football. Yeah. And the thing is, is I knew that I was better at football than I was at tennis, so I yeah. should put that extra time, the two sessions a night a week, and, and the summer of tennis. Yeah. I stopped and took that into spending time working on my running, working on my yep. ball skills, that kind of yep. stuff. Yeah. So I knew that. All right. Yeah. I enjoy tennis, but I'm not as good as I am at tennis as I am at football. Uh-huh. So that's when I stopped doing tennis and focused on football. Yes. So for those people, the young people, younger people who might be in that situation or just in any situation, is yeah. it how do you know when to stop doing something? Mm-hmm. Because not that it's wasting your time, but mm-hmm. because your time can be better spent mm-hmm. doing something else. When do you know to do that? Absolutely. And you know, th- th- this is a very uh, interesting thing to start exploring because it really comes down when it, when you kind of boil it down when you distill it out it really comes down to self awareness mm. and understanding the difference between you know banging your head up against a brick wall for no benefit whatsoever yeah. and doing things that suck because there is some sort of benefit to doing it mm. and if you if you tie it back to the the fitness examples that we've discussed right so the the preseason type training for performance based sports right mm. you're not trying to be the fittest person on earth you're trying to do something that sucks because the benefit is that you're going to improve better you you're you're going to perform better during the season mm. right you're doing your cardio for that one level deeper right but you know that there's a benefit because mm. it's going to allow you to expand physically, expand psychologically, get into the habit of doing things that you perhaps don't want to do, yeah. but you know that they're beneficial, mm. right? So I think that that's kind of where you where you have to start implementing a little bit of self-awareness and understanding that the importance of doing things that suck also have to have some sort of benefit, right? Yeah. Mm. Right, there's no point doing shit that sucks for the sake of doing shit yeah. that sucks. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Like there has to be some sort of benefit to it, or else it's not important to do it. You just wouldn't fucking do it. Mm. Does that answer your question? Well, it's getting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, elaborate. I want to know where you're where you're coming from. Well, it's something like uh, if if you're a footballer and JB, yeah. you can answer this one. If yeah. you're a footballer and you're an in and under player, you're a Joel Selwood for yeah. Geelong going in and getting the hard ball. Yeah. but you're a fucking shit runner. Mm. Do you spend your time working on your running over the season to get fitter, or do you focus on those in and those close handballs and those close gives and those and that the, your your pack strength? What Ooh. do you work on? Do you work on yourself, make yourself an overall better player, or do you make yourself work, focus on your strengths to make yourself a better footballer at what you're good at? I look for me, it's always I'd like to pick my weaknesses up to know that you know you can. Or be do you that, triple you know, down on your strengths? Or, or yes, yes, but you know I'd like to be able to do. You know you want to be able to be you know to do both. So I, for me, I always look at weaknesses. If you're really good at one particular thing, but you are really shit at something else, then you need to bring, especially in that that example, if you're one of those in and under players that just can't run out of sight in the dark night, um, you need to bring you need to bring that up. So you need to focus on that. But that's just my personal opinion, man. Some people would say, well, maybe I have to make myself even better and make myself the best at something before I focus on something else. It's a bal- It's a balancing a act, though. I'm, I'm 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 happy that you use this, this example because it really is a balancing act. Because if you use this example 
people and you triple down on the particular skill set, but you let the shit that you suck at completely slide. Yeah. Implementing self-awareness, you're going to be a shit footballer. Yeah. You're going to be a, a, a you know, a shit footballer who's really good at fucking handball. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, know what I'm saying? When the, ball, the, right? the, the when next the, Greg Williams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the ball's yeah. around, you're well and good. You know, you're going to be able to do what you need to do, but you need to be able to get from contest to contest to contest. Yeah. So, but then the thing is, though, you're growing up playing footy, you've seen some fucking lazy footballers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The ball just seems they just can find the ball. Yeah, because they're and, smart. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, they can't, as you said, they can't run to save their life. No. But the thing is, they just find the right spots. Yeah. They're fucking the laziest player. They're always a kick, yeah. they're always just in the right spot at the right time. All the time, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing is, is they've worked on their strengths of, of being able to read the play and they haven't really worked too much on their... They're always at the back of the pack every yeah. season. And See, if I look at that, though, I think, well, you know, you look at that player and you go, shit, if you actually worked on your running more, how much better could you be? Mm. Yeah. You know, instead of being that guy that, you know, you're going to get 30 touches or whatever, but really you haven't moved out of one half of the ground, you just know where the ball is. Mm. Or could you be one of those guys that runs, you know, runs two ways, gets forward, kicks goals, get backs, plays plays defense because you've improved that running and you've still got that that skill that, you know, that you've mastered of being out in and under and being able to handball. So, you know, man, for me, I'd always work on that weakness and bring that up. Mm. But this is I'm gonna pull something from from we're gonna flip gears and get get out of football and go yeah. back into we'll, bodybuilding yeah. <laughs> real quick. I'm gonna pull something out of the bodybuilding playbook where the best bodybuilders physique-based athletes, bikini, you know, whatever division you compete in, the best athletes are those who have the least amount of weaknesses. Yeah. Right? So if, you know, let's say, for example, Neve, your physique, right? Mm. You're looking at doing some bodybuilding shows next year. Mm. You have an amazing chest, an amazing back, shit calves, mm. <laughs> shit arms. Mm. Rub it in. So, but in our training at the moment, yeah. we are taking – particular time and paying particular attention into bringing the weaknesses up, right? Mm, yes. And doing a lot of shit that sucks for your physique because you don't like training calves mm. and you don't like training arms directly, mm. but you're doing it because there's a direct correlation between doing that stuff that sucks, bringing up those weaknesses mm. and making you a, more, you a more complete bodybuilder. Mm. And I think the exact same thing applies to any performance-based mm. athletes, Absolutely. any competitive athletes. So coming back to your original question... I think we're getting some clarity here with it, is you're like, do you triple down on your strengths or do you focus on your weaknesses? I think any athlete is the athlete who has the least amount of weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it, use... whether it's a particular sport, whether it's a physique-based sport like bodybuilding, I think you look at any you look at yeah. any athlete. They're the ones that have obviously a huge amount of strengths, but the least amount of weaknesses. Well, as you well. look at even like Steve mentioned tennis before. It's all well and good if you have the best serve in the world, but you can't fucking you can't return, return the ball. It. Mm. You're not yeah. going to be the best. Or if you can't volley. Yeah. Or if you, I don't know. Backhand, backhand forehand, forehand, whatever. Rub you know, balls, whatever, whatever the hell what, they do. Whatever it is. Yeah, but you need you to be that You apply to any around. sport. Absolutely. You know, any any particular fitness goal. Mm. I think that there's, you know, there's definitely a, a mixture of, look, you know, self-awareness, firstly figuring out what you are good at, what you're bad at, but then trying to make sure you have the least amount of weaknesses mm. yeah. from a competitive standpoint. Mm. And I just I just want to tie this, this, this fitness together before we move on to business as well and just go back to people who aren't competitive-based athletes, mm. right? So you're not involved in physique-based sports, not involved in performance-based sports, just doing fitness for, you know, whatever their personal reasons may be. Yeah. The importance of doing things that suck from that perspective, you kind of got to go down that another level, mm. right? You got to go down to, the, to, to the, the level that you're on as to why you're doing cardio. You know, it's not about bringing up weaknesses from a competitive perspective. It's about having the self-awareness to know what you aren't good at yeah. and doing it anyway yeah. because it's going to allow you to do the shit that you're not good at in all other aspects of your life. 100%. Man. So it becomes Definitely. more self-developmental yeah. rather than competitive. Well, yeah, and I think that's the thing with doing everyone, you know, when we look at at everything that we, we've discussed about the stuff that we find sucks, yeah. it's the stuff we're not good at. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's pushing your body out of that comfort zone. Of you course. Know, everyone wants to stay in their own little bubble and just keep doing everything day by day, but you're yep. not going to, you know, develop yourself personally yep. or as a person doing that sort of stuff. So you need to push yourself out of that, that comfort zone to go, right, well, I don't like doing this because it, you know, I don't like it because I'm not good at it, but mm -hmm. I'm going to do it anyway mm -hmm. because it's going to make me a better person. Absolutely. Whether it's to do with fitness or whatever, you know, whatever we're going to discuss, it's going to make you that better person. Well, let's flip the script now. Let's and let's move, let's move away from fitness and let's move into business. Let's move into career. Let's mm. move into work life. Mm. 
once again, I'm going to ask you guys for some examples. Kick us off a little bit. Example of something that you've done in your work life in the past that has sucked and why it was important to do that now looking back with a bit of hindsight. And then an example of something that you do today at Massive Joe's that sucks <laughs> and the importance of doing it, why it's, why it's important to do it. I mean, you know, you guys don't have to do anything that sucks if you don't want to. So why do you do it? What's important about it? I'll let Neve start off with this Ooh, We're going to let Neve start. One. I'm handballing straight away. Um, something, I mean, in the, something in the past that you've done. I mean, something that sucked. Which... I'd love to hear another landscaping story just quietly. <laughs> you love landscaping, though. The problem is that landscaping is everything sucked. <laughs> like, Mate, the one this thing is your golden suck. ticket right here. The one thing that didn't suck was your tan. Yeah. yeah. The tan and the cash jobs are the good thing. Yeah. Everything yeah, yeah. else, the, anything in between sucked. Yeah. So, yeah, landscape's one of those jobs where you can't get out of the easy jobs. There's nothing easy. Yeah. Um, the reason, uh, you know, to give you a little bit more time to think about this as well, but the reason why I'm asking this in particular is because we talk a lot in, in all different parts of our content about pursuing what it is you're really passionate about, right? right? And, and, and doing from a, from a, um, a work perspective, things that kind of light your soul on fire that you're really passionate about doing. And we don't talk a lot about why it's important, you know, to do shit that's that really sucks as well. Mm. So that's why I'm asking this because I know that all three of us have been through it. Yeah. You know, have done things from a work perspective that have really sucked, right? Because I, I don't want people to get the impression that, you know, you go into the workforce, you've never worked a, a shit job before and you can just go and pursue your passion and voila, mm. you know, it's all fucking sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Because it's not. No. And I just want to give those examples. So that's why I'm asking for us to kind of go back and give some examples of shit we've done from in a work perspective that in the past that has sucked and why it was important to do it. Mm. That's where I'm going out with this. Mm. Um, I mean, the thing is when I first started off, I mean, obviously the, the thing with like landscaping is I didn't just start off um, owning my own business is, is, mm -hmm. is I did have to, um, is I did have to, start off by doing all the labouring jobs. Yeah. Like stuff like I went and paved um, the primary school over at Kingscote over in um, Kangaroo Island. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, obviously, you know how big a school is, is paving that school. Like the, because I was the 18-year-old, um, I was the one who had to carry every single paver over to the pavers for them to throw them down. Yeah. Like stuff like that. I mean, the thing like that is, is you don't have time to stop. You don't have time to have a drink. You don't have time to go yeah. take a picture. You can't check fucking Instagram like you do now. You can't, if you look, ever check any of our phones now, pickups, we've probably got 50 pickups in an hour for most of us. But the thing is for those times, for three hours from, from 7am until 11am, mm -hmm. you weren't stopping. And if you were, you were fucking getting a brick thrown at your head. Um, <laughs> I like was, that, that kind of work. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing was, is, is stuff like that is, and that, that was the thing is the pavers, like the, the older guys and um, the guys who were sort of 40 and 30 and 40 and 50 that were laying pavers is, is out there. They were just chucking pavers down. It's pretty easy to chuck a paver down. There's not a whole lot of thought really goes into it. Mm. But I mean, us young guys were the ones that were fucking having to lug mm. 50 pavers in a wheelbarrow or, or carrying 10 pavers at a time in our hands over. Um, it's those little things like that, which, which things that sucked is, is those things. I mean, on a landscaping job, obviously we're the ones who are always running back to the truck to get the fucking running up the hill to go get shit or or the one who has to mix the cement for the guys to fucking put the brick pavers down or we were the ones that had to carry all the, the rolls of grass over for, for the guys to lay the grass. I mean, just like in any sort of trade especially is yeah. is you've got your, your yeah, your, um, what are they called? Apprentices. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, they're always the ones that has to do the shit jobs. They're always the one that has to go up in the roof cavities, the ones that always have to go to the van, always have to just mix the... Like even with brickies, the ones that have to mix the cement, have to go carry the bricks, and and the bricklayers just sort of sit. Not the bricklaying is an easy job, but the brickies sitting there just putting the cement down and and laying the bricks. So I mean, mm. a lot of those times growing up, yeah, is is you do those little shitty jobs. I mean, as, as I said with landscaping, it's be hard to pick in landscaping those distinct jobs because nothing in landscaping is 
easy. Mm. But yeah, those little tasks where you you do have to earn your stripes by doing all those kind of things. And obviously, after you've been there for a fair while, you're the one laying the pavers. So, mm-hmm. so obviously, the same thing is yeah, starting from the bottom, um, and then yeah, working your way up through through any business really. And what, yeah. but what do you think the the importance? Of, because that's a and you know it's not uncommon in 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 most laborious type jobs mm. is you know the apprentices do they start at the bottom yeah. and they do the shit jobs. Mm. And what's the what do you think the importance of that is, man? Um. You know, like what? Looking back on it now, what? Why was it important that you went through that? Yeah, why? You know, why weren't you the guy that was laying the pavers down? Why wasn't straight the up? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, in, in every position, there's a few, there's a few different things. Number one, it taught me how to do every single job, which is yep. just like here at Massive Joe's. Yep. Um, number two, I think every business really should have a hierarchy. Mm, I believe. Why? Why is that important? I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you, but like I want to actually drill down. Why is it important? I don't, there's a why higher, is it important mate, that you come that saying, you come yeah. into a business at, at, at the bottom and work your way through? Why do we, you know, like at Massive Joe's now? I don't want to jump forward because I want to stay on this theme of in the past, but I will just to prove a point. Why do we not hire people and bring them straight into management positions? Hmm. We have in the past. <laughs> How's that turned out? Work out? <laughs> because I think people... Yeah, I think you really, you need to understand the business or the job that you're doing yep. as a whole before you can progress in it. You know, 100%. you can't be some some kid that comes straight out of uni and want a fucking CEO job for a multi-million dollar company because yeah, you don't understand the concept of what the company actually does. Exactly. So you're going to start in the mailroom uh-huh. and you're going to work your way up and you're going to understand how the concept of how the mailroom works. Yeah. And then you're going to move up from there. You might get a desk job and you're going to start in sales or something like that. And then you're going to understand how sales work. Of course. And then you're going to keep building and building and building. Yeah. So you, you, I guess you're developing yourself as a person, but you're also understanding how the the company that you're working for works how the how all the procedures work mm-hmm. so that you know once you get to that top position that you're in mm-hmm. you know exactly how the mailroom works you know how the guys in the mailroom sort all the shit out or whatever mm-hmm. it might be so i think that's why it's important for you know the people when they first start out to do those shit jobs because it gives you an understanding of of everything and how everything else is going to work i agree with you but I once again, I think there's a deeper level as well because that goes without saying, right? If you start in a company and you start at the bottom, you work your way through a company, obviously you're going to develop a whole bunch of skills. Mm. You're going to know exactly what you said. You're going to you know, get a great understanding of how all the different moving cogs fit together. Yeah. But I think, and Neve, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the importance of going back to landscaping, doing the shit that you had to do mm. was number one, it developed work ethic. Mm. Right, because you de- you mentioned it, you had to work harder than anyone else on the job site. Mm. So that's the first thing is mm. it develops work ethic. Number two is you never forget that mm. as you move through. Mm. Right, so when you go from starting at the bottom of a landscaping job and doing all that shit that sucks, mm. and then you move through and you move up and you get to do stuff that perhaps doesn't suck as bad, mm. you don't want to go back to doing the shit that sucks. No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have an appreciation, you develop work ethic, and then you have an appreciation for not wanting to go back and do that shit. Mm. So you're not going to take for granted the hierarchy of of, of the particular business. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? I agree. I mean, but but it happens in, in all. I mean, even when I I worked at night, Philip Coles, yeah, yeah. and the uh, even like with my dad, my dad got me a job at Coles, and you mm-hmm. can't get a job at Coles, or back then you couldn't get a job until you were thirteen and three quarters. Yeah, but my dad got me a job at thirteen. Oh, rebel. Fuck. Fuck. I hope Colson find out about yeah, this. They're fucking Coles older states. Be it's going to be giving you the giving the ass. Thing was, is is yeah, until I was. 13 and three quarters, I didn't get paid for any of the shit. Oh, oh. that old chestnut. Yeah, I'll keep it aside for you, mate. Don't yeah. worry. So, yeah, so I didn't actually get paid for any of And Dad said I couldn't get a job unless I actually put in some paid volunteer work at Coles. Nice. That old chestnut. So, well done, Bobby. So yeah. that did uh, obviously, yeah, I mean, it gave me a foot in the door, but it made me appreciate it once I started working. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, the same as doing night for the Coles, being 13 and three quarters, little fucking shit I was. Um, is yeah, like, but even the stuff, like, something as simple as that, though, in, in everyone fucking, like, there was a shit like the tuna cans, uh-huh. like, stacking the tuna cans are a fucking pain in the ass, counting the tuna cans in, in 
in um, like stock take, those kind of things. It's, but this stuff is simple and it, it is to do with every business as well. You've got those shit jobs. Yeah. Eventually I became the best night filler. And I was, you, you, can, you can stack the tuna cans, mate. No, nah, but it go. was the fucking, I was in the drink side by the end of it. The drink side <laughs> was the you want to be in. So the thing is, is yeah, but it gives you work ethic and but especially that thing of not being paid instilled that work ethic in me, I guess, from a young age. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. JB, give me give me your example. Um, man, I guess for me, you know, when I first started out as a, as a personal trainer, you know, yeah. you had to do, um, you know, everyone wanted to be doing, you know, 50, 60 sessions a week, making yeah. making the coin. Yeah. But you have to, you know, you have to get there somehow. You need to be able to sign up those clients and pretty much, you know, sell yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, as 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 a as a good personal trainer, you know, you're fresh out of you know the course you've done. You know, I was fresh out of uni. I've done a you know my my certificate three and four in in fitness, and then I'll go right. Well, now you're thrown into the, the deep end. Yeah. So you know, how do you learn to, or how do you how do you sell yourself? How do you actually get to that position where you're going to be at that forty or fifty? And it just takes time. It's a grind. You have to start out just by by talking to people, and believe it or not. Uh, when I first started, man, I wasn't good at, at conversing with people and talking with people. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was a little, I guess, a little bit shy. I was a kid from the country. Um, you know, so that, that whole talking to people. So what, you know, what did I do to, I guess, to work with that and, and get better at that is, you, okay, you start doing courses and teach you how to actually sell products, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's how you get better at it. But, you know, there was days where you'd, you'd have, you know, one client for the whole day. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's all you did. So you know, you think, okay, well, how do I how do I get better at this? How do I get more clients? You have to go through the process of, of talking to people, giving you know, giving away you know, free sessions. You're, you're selling your time for free. Mm-hmm. You have to go through. That. And sure, you know, it's 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 still fun, but you know, you'd love to be getting paid for all that work that you're doing, mm-hmm. and you don't, as as Steve mentioned before, with the nightfield stuff. So that's, I guess, one example of you know stuff that, I guess, it didn't really suck because it's a job that I enjoyed doing, but. Yeah you'd prefer to be getting paid for all the effort that you're doing and, and you simply weren't. You just don't get paid anything. So here's a question for you. Mm. And this is resolves back to PT as well. Is when I was uh when I was eighteen, so I just turned eighteen. When I was eight on my eighteenth birthday or uh in April, so a month after my eighteenth birthday I got my cert three and four. Mm. And about in the month after that in April, in May, I got a job at uh, Zest, which was now good life. So I started working there. At the same time I was still um Doing, I started doing a little bit of landscaping on the weekends and I was still playing footy. So I was doing three things at once. I was very busy. Thing was, is I went and as you said, started doing being club trainer where you have to um, start building a membership base. I couldn't fucking speak to people. No. I couldn't sell myself mm-hmm. 21. Um, you've probably seen, but in like the shopping centers where they make you go and stand in the middle and try and sell memberships, they're the kind of shit they'll make me doing. So the thing was, I knew, and I went on for like two months and I fu- it got to the stage though where I was fucking like calling in sick because... I was so shit at it and I fucking hated it, <laughs> which is me now. I've never been good at selling shit. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing though is is for me, I, but I knew that I was very good at landscaping and I was getting better and I was they wanted me to do more hours because I was physically fit and I had a like a head – I was smart so I wasn't a fucking stupid um, – I could actually do everything that they wanted me to do for, for landscaping. So, I mean, that was that's the question for you is how do you know when to – even though I had a massive passion for the gym, but I was shit at PT and I've, I've still hated it ever, ever since then. I hate fucking doing PT because I hate trying to sell shit. Mm. So how do you know to follow your passion, which might be personal training, but something you're extremely shit at like me with sales, yeah. whereas I went and followed my strength of, of enjoying and being physically fit and I enjoyed landscaping. So how do you know to go down what your passion is even though you're shit at sales or yeah. follow landscaping, which is another avenue? I guess it comes back to what we were talking about before. You know, it, it you have to look at okay, my weakness is I can't talk to people. A big part of, of that job is being able to to sell yourself and say, look, this is the personal trainer that I am. Yeah. And you need you know people to say, yep, I'm prepared to pay you for, for to do to do what you do. So you need to be able to sell yourself. You need to be able to talk to people. Mm. Um, the only way you can go, you know, really, you have to explore it and go right. Well, how can I get better at it? How do I do it? Well, for me, that was I did a few, you know, sales courses and courses on communication and things like that. Once I did that, I felt I had, I guess, the, you know, I guess you analyze, you know, where you're falling down in that communication and go, right, well, this is how I can get better at it and this is how I can get that deal across the line. So that was really, for me, that's how I had to explore it. If it had have been that I did those courses and then I've come back to work and I still couldn't do it, well, that's when I, I would have gone, well, maybe I need to do a different avenue. But you need to explore how you can get better at that weakness and try and build on it. Um, and if, if at all well and good and you get better at it, then you keep doing it. If not, you need to find something else to do. 
So I think there's definitely, the when you look at the importance of doing things that suck, when we look at examples from you know, from our past, right? And you look at hindsight, there's definitely a skill development element to it. Absolutely. Right? And you kind of, both you guys touched on that, the skill development, actually developing the skills that are going to allow you to do a particular job better. Mm. There's definitely an instilling of work ethic part in it. You know, you talk about working at Coles, not getting paid for it. You talk about all the hours that you did as a personal trainer, that there was just mm. no re- you know, financial return on that investment. Mm. So there's definitely an instilling work ethic. And then there's also definitely that I never want to go back and do that shit again. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So it, it almost instills a little bit of gratitude as you develop throughout your career, whatever that may be, whether it's business, working for someone else, working for yourself, whatever it is, there definitely is some gratitude that's instilled in there because you've done the shit in the past that sucks so bad mm. that you never want to fucking mm. go back to doing that shit again. So and how long do you know you how to push through that shit to try and get that breakthrough? Yeah. And, and how, how long do you know? I mean, everyone's seen that little fucking yeah. picture of the guy with the pickaxe and he's picking away through the thing and then yeah. he's a centimeter away and he's about to give up and on the other side there's that big fucking diamond reserve on the other side of the fucking rock. Yeah. The thing is, is how do you know that you're... I mean, there's guys that we like. We've seen you've seen personal trainers for five, six years go on, and they're just shit personal trainers, and they're yeah. still being personal trainers. They've only had ten clients for five years. Yeah. I mean, when do you give up though? When do you? How is it? Just this, how do you get that self awareness to know that look, maybe this isn't for me? How do you get that self awareness? That's. It, I think it comes down to purely self awareness. It really does. You need to know that you know. You need to analyze yourself and go, okay, am I really good at this? You know, if you. If you're a personal trainer, you love doing it, but really you're not good at it, you need to find you know, what you're good at as well. It's all well and good to have a passion for something, but if you are truly shit at your passion, mm. you need to find something else to do because so long that, term, yeah. it's not going to make you any fucking money. So that's the thing is how long do you go and get those? If you're a shit personal trainer, like if you, if you weren't great with your personal training to begin with and you weren't great at sales, how long do you spend doing those courses? How long do you spend going doing these those free sessions? Is it six months? Is it 12 months? Is it five years, how do you know when that breakthrough is going to be when it takes off? Like, how do you know that you've done it for four and a half years when everyone else has given up after two years, but after that extra six months, you could have, how do you know? Mm. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works here, man. I honestly believe mm. that if you're willing to do more shit that sucks than anyone else, you can actually become good at anything. Absolutely. Totally agree. Uh, not everything. No, I I think, I think you, you can. Could. I think from we've a seen career, a lot of guys who are bodybuilders who have yeah, been at it. Okay, from, okay, but that's but no, no, no. We're talking we're talking in the in the context of work here, mm. right? We're talking about career development. We're talking about business development. We're talking about in that context, right? Mm. You know, genetic predispositions physically are completely separate. Mm. But if you're talking about in the work context, I really think that if you are just willing to do more shit that sucks, that makes you uncomfortable, that you're not good at than the next guy, Mm. you're going to be more successful than that next guy. It really, you know, if you're asking about time, it comes down to resilience. How much much time can you you put aside and say, right, I'm going to keep doing this shit that sucks that I don't like doing. Uh If I keep doing this for years, I'm going to get better at it. Yeah. It, as a personal thing, it's like, well, how how am, how much time am I prepared to give up for this, you know, for whatever it how might be? How much am I willing to invest? Yeah, exactly. How much, how much shit am, am I willing to swim through yeah. to make it to the other side? Mm. Not knowing where the other side is. You know, you use that pickaxe fucking mm. in the cave thing where yeah. you don't know where the end is. I, honestly, I, I, I would argue that. I, man, if you look at even if let's go quickly go back to sports and but things I mean, like if that. you look at it, if I if I go and everyone yeah. says, "Oh, Steve goes and fucks a different girl every Saturday night," yeah, but they haven't seen me go and ask five hundred girls at the nightclub if they'll come home with me, and only one has said yes. The odds <laughs> are in my favour, though. <laughs> of course, it's bound to work that's, sooner or later. That's an interesting analogy. <laughs> one, of my, one, of my, <laughs> one of my mates actually used that a lot of years ago. Yeah, is like, if I ask a hundred girls to have sex with me, at least one of them are going to say yes. <laughs> Just play the thing. <laughs> Just play the numbers game. But, you know, it is. It really is. If you're prepared to invest the time, even, you know, you look at, even if you go back, let's quickly touch back on bodybuilding and things like that. If you're prepared to give the time up and keep plugging away at it, you're going to get better. 
and you can yeah. still be successful at it. 100%. It just, you know, yeah. some people was, after six months will go, you know what, I'll go do something else. Yeah. Even if it is their passion. And you know what, this is, but this this is really kind of cuts to the core of doing, of the importance of doing things that suck, right? Because on the flip side, Neve, so you've given one extreme. Let's go to the other extreme. Let's go to the extreme where mm. there's the person that never does anything that makes them uncomfortable. Mm. That sees something that's difficult, sees something that sucks and goes, eh, no, I'm not going to do no, that. No, it's not in my company. And then they, so they pivot and they go do something else. That's mm. a that's a phrase in, in use at the moment, pivot. People are using that a lot. It's fucking bullshit. Basketball term. It is a basketball term, actually. It's a great term. <laughs> let, me, let, let me take that back. Um, but they go, so they go in a different direction. Then they come up against some sort of adversity, something that sucks, and they go, fuck, I'm not going to do that. So they go in a different direction. A different. They so that's the, uh, that's the other side of the extreme mm. and those people unless they get super lucky end up achieving nothing yeah. mm. and just fucking pivot from one thing to another to another to another to another because they're not willing to do the things that suck yeah. they're not willing, willing to build up that resilience they're not willing to build up that self development they're not willing to build up the skill set the work ethic the in instilling of gratitude that mm. once they get to a certain level they don't want to go back to doing the shit that sucks mm. they miss out on all of that which is the importance of doing shit that sucks because every time they come up against something, they refuse to fucking do it. Yeah. So that's the other extreme. Mm. Uh, speaking of pivoting, I now want to pivot to present time. I want to ask you guys something that you do at the moment at work that sucks. Why do I get a feeling this is like a fucking mid-year review? <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit, isn't it? This is actually the end of year uh, Massive Joe's staff review. Um, I want, I want to know something you do at the moment that sucks. I can probably tell you. I can probably give you Fuck guys you a list. Fuck you, guys. He's just going to let us have it. He's like, a, where's the fucking HR manager? <laughs> <laughs> but then I want, I, want to, I, I want to explore why it's important that you continue to do it. Mm. Because really, and this is, but this is important as well, because, I mean, both of you are in management positions, and really, you don't have to do shit that sucks. Handball. Hmm. Handball. That's Handball. Fucking, hey, that's what somebody fucking Absolutely. does over here. Absolutely. Handball. I don't want to do it. No, I do plenty of shit. This oh, no. We'll get to that. Yeah. yeah um, a little bit. But let's go. Yeah. Look, Something you do at the moment that sucks. Well, for me, um, I've, you know, even like you look back, you know, I've been a personal trainer for what, 14 odd years. And one thing I've never, ever been good at, and yeah. it's still something I'm working on, is actually asking people for money. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think it's, I'm not sure whether it's something that's just been instilled from me as a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, my my dad is exactly the same. He doesn't like asking people for money. He'd prefer mm -hmm. to pay for it himself mm -hmm. than ask someone to you know share the check or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, you're very similar to that yourself, and that's something that I'm even not good at now. Um, is you know even with you know accounts that we deal with and asking them to pay their fucking account. Yeah, is something I'm chasing not good up over Jews. Yeah, it's yeah. like man, pay pay your shit. I, yep. I'm, I'm again, it's, it's probably a weakness of mine. Um, and something that I need to, need to keep working on. It's, but, but like I said, it's never been something that's that I've been good at. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's something I need to, to continue to work on. It's something that I need to do as a daily part of my job. And, you know, that's something that, that I find that, that does suck, but I need to do it. It's something that I have to do every single week. Um, although I don't like doing it, it's something that you just have to keep doing. It's the same, you know, you look at my personal training stuff that I do now, you know, asking my clients to pay their shit. Mm. It's still something I still don't enjoy doing, but you just have to do it. Otherwise, you're working for free. And apart from the obvious as to why that's important, and that's well, getting yeah, paid, we've got to pay the bills. Why is it important that you know? Because we we I mean, you could you could definitely handle that. Yeah, you know, you could have someone else in the business take care of chasing up. Mm. Overdue accounts. The thing is, why you, is it important that you continue to do that? If we look at how what we discussed before about pivoting, you know, yeah. it doesn't get you anywhere by you know walking away from any issues or you know or things that you're not good at. It doesn't yeah. do you any good by just walking away from them mm -hmm. and saying, you know what, I'm not good at that. I'm going to leave it to someone else. Your self development doesn't improve in that situation. Yeah. The only way you can do that is go, well, fuck it, I'm going to keep doing this and keep doing this and keep doing this until mm -hmm. I get better at it or to a position, uh, get to a point where I actually feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, by pivoting and going, you know what, I'll get someone else to do it. Joe, can you take care of the overdues this month? Mm -hmm. I don't get any better at that. Mm -hmm. I just do something else. Yeah. So, you know, it's again, you need to look at what areas your, your I guess, are your weakness and focus on those and make them better so that they're no longer something that you're shit at. Yeah. Um, and you bring them up to go, right, well, I feel completely comfortable doing that. Absolutely. Mm. Neve, what's your example? Um, I don't have an example. I get up every morning and I piss excellence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
No, probably something that I'm um, not good at mm-hmm. is, um, and I don't enjoy doing. Yeah, is having to be Joel's boss. Uh huh. Having to come down on a deal or come down on Leah or or yep. any any member of the team really having to do the uncomfortable stuff. Mm. It usually follows up with a fuck off, Steve. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean that, but you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess it, it's. I mean, I. I don't have a problem telling you. I, you and I think. I think it's just how you and I have had a relationship over the years. Is I have no trouble telling you what I think of you. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> and what you Neither does anyone else. Knows, let's be honest. But um, I don't know. I guess yeah. I guess it's because I've sort of over the years have just been in that. Um, not, I guess, equal kind of role, I guess. Yeah. Let's, let's say equal role for a bit, lack of a better term, but then having to run, run Joel through KPI meetings and sort of manage him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when you go from, obviously, when you're best mates and you fucking talk shit and you fucking muck you around 24-7 and you have to put a serial like with Joel, you haven't, reached, you haven't reached this KPI this month or whatever. It, it is uncomfortable. Yeah. I, yeah. And that's something I'm not good at. And I... I, I I think something I've done well, and I, but I, I guess it's progressed. <laughs> it's a natural course over time is not being trying to be mates with everyone in the business. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's something you spoke to me about mm-hmm. a few years ago. Is mm-hmm. don't be everyone's mate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not mates with a lot of people in the business. Is is just a, a strictly employee employer kind mm-hmm. of relationship. Mm-hmm. But yeah, still with I guess the the OG staff. Yeah. It's it was really is, you know, in the, the the position of this business though, it really is difficult considering, you know, it's been around for so many years and we mm-hmm. started off as such a tight knit team mm-hmm. that, you know, it's sort of hard to you've spent so much time together over the years to go, well, you know, you can't be friends anymore. It's mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. tough to do that. Mm-hmm. Um you just need to know that when you're at work it's a professional relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean I, I, in that regard I probably read into it more than I probably need to. I think everyone sort of does understand that it is just work. Yeah. Um, as much as those sort of conversations do suck, I think that everyone probably realizes, yeah, well, it is work at the end of the day. Mm. But it's still, it is uncomfortable to actually have to tell your mates that, look, you're probably not doing the right thing. Um, yeah, which is uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the reason you do it is because it's only going to make the business better. It's going to only going to make that employee a better employee. Mm. Um, it's only going to help the business mm. the business growth overall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even getting back to your personal growth, if you you know handball all that stuff to Joe and say, Joe, I don't want to discipline Joel for the shit he did last week or whatever it might mm. be. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get any better at that by yeah. staying in your little bubble and saying, "Oh, Joe, can you do it this mm. week?" Mm-hmm. And especially, and just, especially recently, is is since I've been in my new role, is I've had to be a part of the HR meetings where, where, where employees are being um, reprimanded, reprimanded, and disciplined yeah. in quite a serious manner, and to have to actually sit there face to face at a at a table with HR management and actually and and speak to them and tell them they've done something wrong and run through what they've done wrong it is quite confronting and mm. uncomfortable yeah yeah i yeah. mean when especially yeah and i don't think i don't think everyone's really good at that or really enjoys it um i've definitely haven't never been trained uh, trained or taught how to do that. I mean, obviously, as I said, in the landscaping field, if somebody fucked up, you throw a brick at them. Yeah, and I think well, that's, <laughs> that's the best resolution. And Joe, we should bring that in. We should implement but, that here as well. That's the thing is, is yeah, I mean, it is very, um, yeah. I guess, I guess I mean, that that's my that's my background. Is when someone fucks up, you you got told that you fucked up, and yep. and you got fucking screamed at. And I mean, my as I've told you the story, but once when I first started out, I left. Um, Overnight, I left a, a few, like three or four bags of cement out on the back of the truck, and overnight it rained. And fuck my boss the next day. <laughs> it's coming out of your fucking wages. Surprised <laughs> yeah. so he didn't hit you with a bag of concrete. No, but that's story. the thing is he fucking went off and he rang and he blasted. He talked shit about me to every single employee. He went. I was like, like eighteen, and he went off to every single employee about what I'd done. Fucking talk shit. Fucking like went off like he was a little old angry Italian man. Um. Yeah. Like. Oh. Yeah. I'm mates with him now. But it's pretty scary when you're only 18 getting yeah, fucking yeah. A, a little old Italian. Man. Let me let me ask you this though. Did you leave the bag the bags of concrete on the truck again? <laughs> no. That's no, the thing. That's the last time. But mate. but that's the thing is is that was how I learned, and I think that any time that me and Joel have had an argument or whatever, we've yelled at each other, we've gone away, we've come back, and in hindsight, you've pulled down and you realise what you've done wrong. Mm. Um. Mm. 
yeah, and obviously that's not the way to go about it. But the thing is, is yeah, I learned that way. It's not, oh, Joel, do you think maybe next month, like, what should have you have done better? If you had your time again, how could, like, that's how HR want you to handle it. Mm. But I think there's better ways to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm all for the prick. Let's bring it in. But, um, yeah, and that's the thing is, yeah, really coming from that kind of upbringing is when you, or that, uh, yeah, when you fucked up and and even my dad is when my dad said back in the day when if someone fucked up, he threw a box of coke at him. He's, yeah. People told me they've seen him launch <laughs> fucking eight, eight, like 16 bottles the of coke. Bobby Mills bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a rocket arm. Stand there, you're going to so, cop um, this whole box in your face, it. you don't move yeah. or you're fired. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. So on, on the building side, when you've grown up and on the footy track, if you fuck up a kick, JB, what happens when oh, you fuck? Mate. When you turn over yeah. a ball or whatever. You get you, absolutely reamed. Imagine playing with Matthew Richardson back in the day. Fuck, yeah. you would have... Um, but, yeah. yeah, but anyway, is uh, that... Yeah, I'm not good at it. And, yeah, it does make me feel awkward. And that's probably... Um, yeah. I have... And, and you can back me up on this, Neve, because you've seen this before. Mm. <clears throat> but I actually have a, a calendar that I fill out every day. Mm. There's a bunch of things on this calendar, a little kind of, like, daily checklist. Mm. And one of the things on my daily checklist is, what did I do today that made me uncomfortable? Mm. So I actually purposely seek out Hang things on. that suck. Is this suck. like my checklist that you were taking the piss out of on my desk the other I day? I have a checklist. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's much cooler than yours. Mine's very bad. Yours, Mine's very yours, bad. yours was quite comical, actually. Yeah. But I do. I have a daily checklist. And one of the things on my daily checklist is what did I do today that made me uncomfortable? So I purposely every single day seek out something that to me sucks. Mm. Right, so I purposely do it because I don't, you know, I'm similar to you guys. I don't have to do anything that sucks if I don't want no. to, but I purposely seek it out. And the reason why I do that for me personally, there's there's two two main reasons, right? Firstly, I know that if I'm doing something that sucks, that is uncomfortable, that's difficult, from a competitive perspective. I'm going to beat my competition. Absolutely. Because I know that most people aren't willing to do it. Yeah. Especially most people who I consider competition in my position get way too fucking comfortable mm. and just, you know, don't do anything that makes them uncomfortable anymore. Yeah. So I know from a competitive perspective, there's benefits for me doing that because I'm just going to outlast, mm. outwit, well, not necessarily wit, but but I'm, I'm, I'm going to outlast the competition with doing things that other people just aren't willing to do. Yeah. The second reason why I do it is, once again, similar to the fitness side of this podcast, as it goes one le level deeper than that. The second reason why I do it is because I know if I'm doing one thing every day that pushes me outside of my comfort zone, it's going to change my subconscious or unconscious or... Uh, it be a subconscious, man. Subconscious expectation... Mm of what I am capable of doing. Absolutely. So if I know every single day I'm doing something that I suck at, I'm doing something that makes me uncomfortable, I'm doing something that I'm weak at, my brain will not comprehend anything as being impossible. Mm. Not, yeah. not immediately. It doesn't happen after one day, two days. It's the accumulation of every single day of these every, you know, small often small, daily efforts at doing something that makes me uncomfortable is I'm starting to develop resilience in my own mind, in my own mindset, in my own self-belief that I can fucking do anything. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that's the my personal importance now of doing things that suck mm. on a daily basis. Yep. So it's not even you know it's not it's not necessarily directly about increasing skill set. It's not directly about working on weaknesses. It you know still there's some indirect there. It's not directly about outworking the competition, even though there is an indirect benefit there. My sole purpose, my sole benefit for every single day seeking out something that makes me uncomfortable, seeking out something that sucks is because I know it's changing my internal belief system. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. If you can change that belief system and change yourself mentally, you yeah. can do anything. Yeah. 
Because that's the one thing that's holding you back. Is yeah. you know you always have that monkey sitting on your shoulder. It's going, the self doubt. Man, I can't do that, dude. It's the se- honestly, it's the fucking self doubt. Absolutely, it is. And the the reason why you know so many people experience self doubt in 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 the workplace, in their business, in their career, whatever it is, is because they just are not willing to do the shit that sucks mm. on a consistent basis, yeah. on a frequent basis, to the point where they just will get to a point where they just don't doubt themselves. Yeah, I'm yeah. not there yet. No, but if you but look I'm at, getting closer. If you look at, you know, some of the most successful people in the world, you yeah. know, I have no doubt that they have done similar to what you've done. They've done the things that they don't want to do. Yeah. And they've done it continuously for yeah. 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And that's why they're at the point where, you know, they don't have to do stuff that's uncomfortable anymore because yeah. they're at a position where they probably don't have to but work. They, but they still do. Of course they still do. But they still do. Because it comes back to work ethic. And, you know, those people that are, are successful, they want to work hard every single day because it's just ingrained in them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the thing is, you know, it's you might start out now and like you said, you're doing one thing uncomfortable every single day. But over the years and years and years and years and years, that's all going to build up. It all adds up, man. Yeah, and it's all, it's all comes back to self-development. Mm. And you can apply that to business or fitness. You can apply that to life, You can apply man. that to fucking anything. Anything. Absolutely anything. You know, if you're not good at something, then do it. You know, it's like it gets back to me with running or whatever it might yeah. be. You know, if you're not good at one particular thing... Mm-hmm. You're not going to get any better at it by not doing it. You know, you might not be good at chin ups. Well, guess what? Start fucking doing it. Yeah. You'll get better at them. It yeah. might take you five years. It might take you ten years, mm-hmm. but you will get better at them if you if you don't if you don't try. You don't, uh, I guess, find out exactly what that weakness is and go right. This is how I'm going to tackle it. You don't have that plan to do so. Mm-hmm. You're not going to improve as a person. You're not going to develop, um, and you know you're always going to be in that little comfort zone, which is fine. You can live there if you want to, but you'll be you'll have a mediocre life. In a nutshell. I mean, the thing is, though, do you think that the two, the difference, though, between business and fitness, though, Mm -hmm. is that business is due to confidence Mm -hmm. and that fitness is due to laziness? I, man, I think that there is such an overlap between the two. I really think, like, like, there's, 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 and this, uh, you know, the thing is, 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 let's use Joel's for example. Yeah. Is Joel isn't, doesn't like asking, not asking people because of, him being lazy, you're not doing it. It's uh-huh. because he's not confident mm. to go and speak yes. to him about it. Whereas someone like me not doing my stretching isn't because I'm not confident in stretching, it's because I'm fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on the situation, it but does, there's still yeah. a crossover effect to each one. You know, that some person might not, let's say, you know, if Joe, for example, he needs to build up his back. Someone says, look, the best way you're going to do that is do deadlifts. Mm. You know, he might not do it because he's not confident in the movement. Mm. So, you know, you had to in each in individual situation to each one. It's not because he's lazy. It's just because he's not confident in doing that particular movement. Mm. Yeah. Not saying you're not confident in deadlifts, mate, believe it or not. But, you know, it's just that it's each, indiv- um, I guess, each situation is always going to be individual. Mm. Um, but I, I totally agree that there is definitely a huge crossover between the two. So let's let's tie this all together for the listeners, guys. Let's tie this all together. The importance of doing things that suck, considering everything that we've spoken about in the fitness realm of the past, the fitness realm of the present, business career of the past, business career of the present. How would you concisely explain to someone they're just going to listen to this snippet? What is the importance of doing things that suck? Why should you seek out and do things that suck? Life is not all beer and Skittles. <laughs> so get be prepared. I just love that saying, man. Yeah. It's um, you know, be prepared to get uncomfortable with doing things because long term it's gonna turn you into a better person, no matter what it is mm-hmm. in life, whether it's business, whether it's fitness, making yourself uncomfortable and I guess is going to expand your skill set, develop yourself mentally, mm-hmm. um, so that you know you are a better person, you're gonna develop yourself a lot better in years to come. So that's what I'd say, man. Everything's no one wants. No one, you know, wakes up one morning as a CEO of a company. You're going to have to do the shit that you don't want to do, mm-hmm. but you have to look at that long term goal to go right. If I want to get there, I've got to do this shit. Neve, I think yeah, exactly what you just said is is getting good at this. Is I think I'm not going to go down that road. I'm going to go a different route. Okay. I'm going to say I think that it all comes down to mentality. Yep. At the end of the day, is is it all comes down to how you are in your own head, mm-hmm. and if you're, I will say, if, if if you are confident in what you're doing, then I think that you will be successful. Mm-hmm. If you're confident, obviously, with the few things we've said, 
don't come under that, but but generally it all comes down to confident and being confident in yourself and in your abilities. Okay. So things like that. Uh, a few examples, obviously, we said with work, but the thing is, is, is even with with fitness, if you're confident in in your game, if you're confident in your football, you'll have you'll be a much better player overall. So I think right at the end of it, it all just comes down to mentality. So the importance of doing things that suck is that it's going to help build confidence. Mm. Is that how you would that that's how you would kind of tie it all together? In a shit way, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's a way. I would say. The importance of doing things that suck is because it's going to change your internal belief system yep. to allow you to feel in your veins that impossible is nothing. Confidence. Mm. Confidence, 100%. Mm. But I, 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 I'm such a big advocate for that. I think, you know... Doing, even going out and and actively seeking things that make you uncomfortable, seeking things that you suck at, just has such a powerful impact on changing your belief system mm. compared to somebody who doesn't. No, the person who, who pivots. the person who pivots yeah. continuously. If you compare the self belief systems of somebody who actively seeks out every single day shit that they suck at. And somebody on the other end of the spectrum who comes up against things they suck at, pivots and moves in the other direction. Mm. You, the the the, the self-belief systems are so completely far removed that firstly, you can tell which, which of those people is going to be more successful. Yep. Broad picture in their life. But most importantly, you can tell which of those people is going to be the happiest, the most fulfilled in their life as mm. well. Is through that self belief. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that, that's a, a very important part there. You said most fulfilled and happy because if yeah. you look at those people that continually pivot, mm. they're never gonna get you know any. As soon as the time you know time gets tough, they you know they fall off. Mm-hmm. So you know you can't live life like that. Well, so you, you can. You, well, you can absolutely. But I tell you what, man, you you are going to as I said before that mediocre life. Mm-hmm. You're going to live one of those, man. You need to you know times are going to get tough. You're going to need to stick at it, stick fat. Um, and push through and go, right, well, you know, this is, you know, and know that you're doing the right thing to get you to where you want to get to. Mm. So that's the thing is sometimes, you know, no, it's like I said before, man, it's not all beer and Skittles. Absolutely. You know, man. you need to do the stuff that is going to be shit. It's going to be tough. You know, it's not going to, you might not be happy while you're doing it, but you need to look at that long-term goal and go, is this going to get me to where I want to get to? It's important, man. The stuff that sucks, it's important. Absolutely. Big Nevos, do you have anything else you'd like to add Confidence. <laughs> Just confidence. <laughs> Before we wrap up this episode nine of the Massive Joe Show. No, nah, because I'm just going to keep going around in circles. Big swell. Nah, man, I'm done. Guys, until next time, we'll be coming to and from Neve. MassiveJoe.com. Stay massive. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Massive Joe's Show. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Massive Joe's Show, ensure that you give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Until next time, we're coming to you from massivejoes.com.